Good morning, good afternoon to those tuning in to the show once again. As you all know, I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. <laughs> now, guys, thank you all for tuning in once again. I truly appreciate you all, those who tune in whenever I upload, whatever time. I truly am grateful, and I appreciate everything you all do for me. Now, <clears throat> with all that being said, I want to get right into some unfortunate news that we have I'm not fully sure if everyone is aware, but if you've been on ESPN, NFL.com, whatever the case may be, any sports-related site or channel, I'm pretty sure has spoken about this by now. But sad news came out late last night as former pro receiver Demarius Thomas sadly passed away at the age of 33 years old last night. Um, his cause of death is still unknown. They, the police, however, do believe it was, has something to do with a medical condition he was going through or that he had. Either way it goes, it's extremely unfortunate, man. It's honestly just terrible news for not just the the world of football and sports, but for the world of his family, his loved ones. It's, it's just super unfortunate, and you, you hate to see that anyone have to lose a loved one or anyone have to lose their life because of something that's out of their control, such as, you know, an illness or a sickness or someone else. It, it, it's, it's just unfortunate. <clears throat> and it's something that a lot of people open their eyes about and made it realize, you know, sometimes you just never know. You know, life comes and goes quicker than you think. That's why you got to truly appreciate every moment you are here. But I want to get off into some NFL news since I'm on the NFL topic about Demarius Thomas. Again, rest in peace to him. <clears throat> there are some, a lot of news coming out about COVID and injuries with players of late and a lot of people are blaming COVID for a lot of these injuries and being the fact that a lot of people are seeing that COVID, the lack of training camp, preseason, things like that, which we all had this season. But the fact that a lot of the players, you know, can't come in contact with one another throughout periodical times of the days or at many camps, whatever the case may be, it's a something that has you know, has a lot of people distraught and saying that, you know, this is just hurting the sport more than it's helping, which is true to an extent. But as we see today, <clears throat> two very key players for their respective teams will be missing time. Keenan Allen for the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Chargers, you see that he is going to miss the game against the Chiefs. Very, very huge blow for the Chargers, man. They I believe they're already down a couple starters. I'm not sure if Joey Bosa is coming back this game, but I know he did lead that. <coughs> Excuse me. I know he did lead that Bengals game with an injury, and they just simply can't afford to lose any more players. The Chargers go through injuries like no other team mission every year, and it's really quite unfortunate because this is a very talented team. You just want to see them all stay healthy and just really start to put it all together. And then the next player who is also on the COVID list is also Miles Gaskins, the running back for the Miami Dolphins, 
Miles Gaskin may not be a household name. He may not be someone, you know, that's recognized by many because he isn't the Ezekiel Elliott's Dalvin Cooks, Alvin Kamara's of the world. But he is a very essential piece to this Miami's offense. And without him, that is a huge loss. Not, now they are on a bye week, so he does have time to recover, you know, come back with negative tests, things like that. So he does have time to actually get back into playing with the team and practicing with the team. But it just all depends on the process of, you know, the going through the whole protocol and COVID and things like that. It just depends. Now, with that being said, and other injury-related news, Alvin Kamara is being officially reactivated. So that's great news for the Saints. This is a guy they desperately needed back because without Jason Jameis Winston, this team is starting to spiral out of control. And I thought I never would have said that because I'm not big on Jameis Winston at all, guys. He's he's not someone that hasn't led up to that first overall pick potential to me since he came out of FSU. But he, by far and large, looked a lot better than what Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon have showed you with his absence. He he just he just does. And <clears throat> That's not to say I don't think Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill are bad players. I just don't think they are as good as Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston isn't that good, and I don't think he is as good as he was picked and the hype that he had. But I still think at the end of the day he's a solid quarterback in his league, and he could be a solid starter. Do I think you can win a championship with Jameis Winston at quarterback? No, I don't, simply put. But I think you can be competitive with James Winston. If you give him a defense that would keep him, you know, in manageable situations that won't have to, you won't have to have him force feed receivers or throw the ball downfield consistently and just let him go through his progressions, he can be a really good game manager to a really good <clears throat> capable quarterback of winning games for you. He just can't be the Aaron Rodgers and Brady's of the world or Russell Wilson. Because when he plays this quote-unquote like type hero ball or carrying the offense, that's when he starts to make a lot of mistakes. He needs to be in the Ryan Tannehill kind of mode where he just sits back and, you know, flings it when need be. You know, let the other guys do their job. <clears throat> And there's nothing wrong with that because there's only a handful of guys in the league that are truly like game-changing kind of quarterbacks right now. I mean, it's about five, maybe six guys like that. But with that being said, the entire COVID situation, to me, is just being a little strung out at this point. I understand COVID is a legitimate illness. It is serious. I'm not discrediting it in any way, but... I just feel as if it's like this, man. If you're if you're going to play, if you're going to have the people come out, if you're going to have the players practice, I mean, you, you have to be willing and able to take what comes with that, with COVID. I'm not saying let guys play with COVID. But what I am saying is you got you have to be understanding that these things will come. And if you're if it's gonna hurt teams more than it's beneficial. And I feel as if you either need to just not have the season, delay it, do a lock something, but you need to do something to make it better for, <coughs> excuse me, to make it more beneficiary for everyone and every team. I just think that's 
only fair for the NFL to do. I think that's I'm not saying they need to be in a bubble like situation, but they should isolate themselves more from the fans and from the media, things like that. I, I think it should be worth noting. Now, with that being said, another NFL news, as we all know, the <laughs> New England Patriots are red hot right now. And I just wanted to go through five teams this year that have absolutely taken me by surprise in bad and good ways. So, in a bad way, I had the Cleveland Browns. And honestly, guys, I thought the Browns was going to be lights out. They had so much talent across the board when they went and got Jadavion Clowney. I absolutely love, love the son of John Johnson. When they went and got him from the Rams, I, I thought this guy was legitimately maybe the fourth or fifth best safety in the league. And the Browns had an extreme weakness at safety. For them to go get the fourth or fifth best guy at the time in the league at safety, to me, is a instant upgrade. With Grant Delpit coming back off injury, they went and drafted a really good rookie corner. They already had Denzel Ward. You know, this this is a team that was trending upward in a great way. I mean, you went out and got all these pieces on the defense. Your offense is already pretty damn talented with Nick Tubb in the backfield. You had Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think is a really underrated receiver. Rashad Higgins, another guy who I think is a really underrated receiver. Then you got two really good tight ends. I mean, that <clears throat> and also maybe... <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. The second or third best O-line in the entire league. With all this talent, you would think this team would literally do nothing but go up. It's been the opposite. This team has not been even as good as they were last season. They are struggling to get the ball down the field. At times, they were struggling to run the ball, which is shocking to me. And the defense... Even though it has progressed, it hasn't progressed to the point where you think it would have. With the likes of guys like Tap McKinley added, Jadavian Clowney, you know, um, already had Miles Garrett. They went and got Owusu, the the linebacker from Notre Dame. Like I said, they they they've added a lot of pieces. So you would expect this defense to, of course, be better. But they only been slightly better, and that's the disappointment. You expected a, with all these pieces they added, you expected at the very bare minimum a top eight unit. That's bare minimum. Top ten, top eight. They're not that. They're just not. This is a middle of the pack kind of unit. It's average, you average unit. So it's it's kind of disappointing as a Browns fan, if, the, if there are Browns fans listening. I know it's disappointing. And it's just unfortunate, man, because I think Baker time's up. I don't, I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going to keep waiting to see what Baker can become. He, at the end of the day, Baker isn't the, the QB that Kevin Stefanski and the GM who is there now drafted. That, that, that's, that's not their guy. If he can't show it this season, which he has not up until this point, I, I know he's hurt, but he's still playing. I'm not giving, like, like I always say, I'm not giving someone a hurt excuse if you're playing. If you're playing, that means you're healthy enough to play, and that means you took the choice to go out there and play, so you have to still perform. I'm not giving him that excuse. 
He simply has to be better. Period, point blank. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to describe it. He simply just has to be better. So, with that being said, I think he may be done. I think he really is. And another team for me, instead of five, I'm going to give out two. I'm going to give out my two most disappointing and best surprise. The biggest surprise for me this NFL season, I'm, I'm going to have to say, in a good way, though, I'm going to have to say it's the Patriots. And it pains me to say that as a Dolphins fan, but I really legitimately did not believe in Matt Jones at all. I, I did not believe in Matt Jones. I knew the Patriots were going to still have a solid defense. I knew Bill Belichick was going to be Bill Belichick. But I did not expect this team to be leading the division right now and leading the entire AFC. I, if you would have told me that three months ago before the season started, I would have said you're a damn fool. Man, look at me. I'm a damn fool. <laughs> I mean, this is this team is just flying to all senators, man. They are they are they are rushing the ball effectively. The receivers have been a lot better than what I thought they would be. I do, I do think Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar are two very underrated receivers. I think they're a little better than what they give are given credit for, but I did not think they would be as good as they're being right now. I always like Janu Smith and Hunter Henry, so I'm not surprised that those two are playing pretty well. And their offensive line is just nasty, man. They got some big brutes up front, man. They move bodies with almost relatively with ease. So this is a team that's just flying all cylinders. They're just hitting right now. The defense is really good. The offense looks really steady and good. It's it's they're gonna be a tough out. I will not be surprised if this team is playing for a championship at the end of the season. They're going to be a tough out. I'm t- I'm telling y'all now, man. This the the new the New England dynasty isn't over, and it's so it's so unfortunate to say, man. But it's it's not. And I want to get off in some NBA news, and as you all may know, the trade deadline is coming up and is approaching, so players will be on the move. And with that being said, it are multiple reports coming out saying Ben Simmons' trade talks are starting to really heat up. And I don't know if you all are aware of this or not, but a couple days ago, Damian Lillard, it was reported that Damian Lillard actually wants to play with Ben Simmons. So he may be pushing for a Ben Simmons trade and pushing the Portland Trailblazers to make a trade. Now, if Damian was to be paired with Ben Simmons, I think that's honestly a match made in heaven. I think it would allow Ben Simmons to play with the ball in his hand, let Damian Lillard play off the ball, which he can do. He just doesn't do it at a high rate with Portland right now because simply put, he's their best ball handler. I mean, he's a little better than what CJ McCullum is with the ball, but you get Ben Simmons on the team, all you got to do is let Damian Lillard worry about scoring. I mean, that's what he wants to do. He's a score-first guard. You give him that, you get him on some screens, you know, help him create, you know, help him not have to take off the dribble, shoot off the dribble so much. Let him, you know, it helps you stay fresh throughout the game. That's why you see a guy like Curry, he is, he's able to run 
throughout the entire game because he doesn't always have to be the facilitator and create his own offense. You put Damian Lillard in a similar role like that with Ben Simmons, who could be the Draymond Green to his Steph Curry, I think it's a match made in heaven. I mean, it's, it's working for the Warriors. I think Ben Simmons and Dame can literally do exactly what Draymond Green and Steph Curry do. I, I don't think they can't do it. I, I think that's pretty... I think that's pretty realistic to say. But I'm just not sure if Portland are, are ready to part with the pieces they have. I mean, Portland, they, they've been denying a, a full rebuild for quite some time now. They've just been adding pieces on to this veteran roster, hoping it will start to pan out, and it just hasn't. At some point, they have to realize it's just not going to pan out. Because CJ McCollum right now, I believe he has collapsed lungs. Hope he gets better well soon. But as a player, CJ McCollum has regressed. He has. I mean, I believe he's still a he, – he started off the season pretty solid. I think he's still a pretty good option. But he, he can't be a second-best player on the championship team. It, he just can't be. And I wanted him to prove so many guys wrong about that. But he, he, he just can't be. I know he played well against the the Warriors in the conference finals, but that's one series, guys. I, I can't keep I can't continuously keep saying he could be this, he could be that when he hasn't showed it. He's had multiple years and multiple chances. They they just haven't showed it. You know, I mean and then you have guys like Joseph uh, Norkic. Then you you got who Norman Powell who they brought in. They had Melo there. They had Ronnie Hood, Evan Turner. I mean, they've, they've had multiple veteran players come throughout Portland, and it just has not worked. At some point, you have to realize it's not just the players. I mean, at some point, it's the, it's the fact that you're not willing to just let this go. Sometimes something is just, is, is just broken. It's unfixable. You can't fix it. Dame, it may be time for Dame just to realize that we got to rebuild. And if we're not rebuilding, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here, so, so I'm going to leave. I'm not saying Dame is going to leave. I don't believe he is. But it may be time for people to start being honest with themselves, have that conversation like, hey, it ain't working. What, what can we do? I say go trade for Ben Simmons. Honestly, if I'm if I'm Portland, that's what I'm doing. I'm training for Ben Simmons. And other guys who could be on the move, who I think could be on the move. I know I've seen reports of the Pacers saying that they're shopping all three of players of Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, and DeMonte Sabonis. DeMonte Sabonis. And to me, this doesn't make sense because all of these guys are young. All of them. They're all talented. So why are we training... Three really good, talented young players. When that, they're they're literally the pieces you look for when you're looking to rebuild. Young, talented players who you could grow with. The reason why it's not working to me in, in Indiana, it has nothing to do with the players. To me, it has everything to do with the front office and the coaching. They you've had a new coach the past three years now. You had a new head coach for the past two, three seasons now, each season. The front office has failed to put and bring in 
any significant, you know, free agents outside of recent memory of Victor Oladipo and, and Karis LeVert. I mean, at some point, it, I mean, just like I said with the Portland Trailblazers front, front office, at some point you got to look at yourself and be like, man, what the hell am I not doing? Like, are we finding the right guys, get these guys coached up? Because Miles Turner is a good player. DeMontez Burns is a really good player. Karis LeVert is a good player. These aren't just middle-of-the-pack veteran, age veterans that are traded. These are guys who can continuously grow within the next three to four years. And they're going to trade them. They're willing to move on from all three. It just doesn't make sense to me. But... I guess if that's what they feel as if it's best for them, I just disagree completely. Now, some places I think these players can go. One, DeMontes Sabonis, I think he would be an absolute perfect fit for the Bulls right now. The Bulls, early in the season, it was rumored that they're willing to trade for a stud kind of player so they could really make a push for the championship. And... You know, they're willing to package Kobe White, who to me is a really good young player off the bench. Patrick Williams' injury, to me, that's open the door for DeMontez Sabonis. You bring in DeMontez Sabonis to go along with Nikola Vukovic, DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, yeah, Alice Caruso coming off your bench with Derrick Jones. To me, you just set yourself up with the best starting five in the league. To me, if you if you bring us the Montez Sabonis, that's the best starting five in the league. I'm I'm sorry, Laker fans. I'm sorry, Nets fans, Heat, whoever. That that's the best starting five in the league. It, it just is. I really feel that way. Miles Turner, I can see him going one to two places. I can see him going to the Warriors, but I also can see him going to the Timberwolves. And here's why I say the Timberwolves and the Warriors. To me, both of these teams aren't sold on their big men as defensive people. They know they are offensive talents, but they want more defense out of them. And I don't think, I know Cat isn't give you that. And I'm not fully sold on James Wiseman could give you it either. Miles Turner is a rim protector and a guy who would stretch the four floor, excuse me, and give you about 16, 14 points a game. So, yeah, you lose a little bit of offensive production, especially as the Timberwolves go, but you get that much more in the defensive background. And to me, it, it equals out. So, if you get the better overall player, you, 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 you typically win the trade. And as far as Karis LeVert go, I believe Karis LeVert can either make a run for, honestly, the Clippers. I think you make a run for the Clippers. I think you make a run for the. I mean, the Clippers is the best place for me for him, but is it the Clippers or? The, it's so hard to think of something else, cause it's such a guard heavy league now. I'm gonna say the Clippers though. I think that's his best destination. I can see him also making some kind of noise with the Mavs, cause the Mavs do need another shot creator. Desperately, man. I mean, outside of Luka, they have no other shot credit on their team. What makes it crazy, because Luka actually on the floor, he makes that team worse statistically. But I think they need another shot credit, another guy who can handle the ball. And with the Clippers, I just think they need better guards. I think their guards aren't that very good. 
I think if you plug Karis Laverde into that role, he's he's instantly their best guard player. But with all that said, guys, I'm gonna get into the fan Q and A. We're gonna start off on Facebook as usual. We only have Facebook questions this week, I believe. And so, the first question we have is from Kevin Wade. He says, with the Warriors and Suns playing like they are, you see the Lakers making out the West. As it stands now, no. But here's why. I'm not worried about the Lakers because I knew chemistry was going to be a problem for them. Because LeBron-led teams and Russell Westbrook-led teams, they all struggled at the beginning of the season. After All-Star break is really when you see their team start to take off. And I think it would be the same as that case here. Because when you're playing with ball-dominant players like Westbrook and like LeBron, guys who need the ball to be effective because they're so used to initiating and running offenses. I mean, both players can play off ball. They've both done it before. But they're used to being the facilitators, the initiators. When you're used to that, you have to adjust. They're just still adjusting. Now, what does trouble me about the Lakers is two things. One, their defense. I thought they would be a much better defensive team than what they are. And two, Anthony Davis. He simply, I know his numbers will say differently, but he simply isn't playing that well. He's shooting terribly from the floor. That's the start off. And secondly, he's not the same defensive guy that he was two years ago when they won the championship. He's, he's just not. And to me, if I'm Lakers, that's a bit troublesome because he's supposed to be the guy in his prime on this roster. While the rest of these guys are aging, and yeah, we got a few young key players like Malik Monk or Kendrick Nunn who hasn't even played yet, and telling Horton Tucker, he's supposed to be the really good prime guy on our team who's supposed to be week, day in, day out, the, one of the better offensive contributors on the team. He, he simply hasn't been. And it's unfortunate to say because I really like Anthony Davis, but it's just the truth. So as it stands now, no, I don't think the Lakers will make it out. But I, I do believe they will continue to get better. Next question comes from Noah Martinez. What changes do the Dolphins have to make to turn next season around? Can you trust Tua? To me, this is the biggest thing they have to do. I understand they're on a five-game winning streak. I get it. But Chris Greer has to go. And if that means Brian Flores needs to go as well, so be it. He could go too. Because at the end of the day, this team is not drafted well. I know people are going to look at this draft class and say, well, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland all killing it. What are you talking about? That's one good draft, guys, in the five, six seasons that Chris Greer is being GM. And let me, let, me, let me put this little nugget in people's minds. He's been with this team for 20 years. He's been a part of the draft process for 20 years. And it was reported that he has always had a hand in handpicking and selecting the linemen that the Dolphins picked. Please, I want, I want people to tell me how many linemen in the past 20 years for the Dolphins that actually worked out. I want, I want people to tell me that. I mean, you can, you can, you can say Laramie Tunsil, a guy who's supposed to be a first overall pick but dropped because of a day of photo video of him doing smoking weed, you can say Larry Tunsil. I'll give you that. Who else? Jake Long? <laughs> Who else? Jawan James? 
I mean, it, like, who who has he? People want to excuse the fact that he has made multiple bad picks and multiple terrible free agent signings. I didn't even get to that. And and excuse it by one or two good drafts, one or two good draft picks, and one or two good signings. No, it's, it's inexcusable. He has to go, period. He has to go. Brian Flores, if that means he has to go as well, so be it. So be it. But to me, that's where it starts. It starts at the top. You got to let you got to let this guy Chris Girl go. He's not the guy. He's not. And I know I know he's not going to get fired. But I'm just saying, if it was me, that's what they had to do to turn next season around. Because if this guy is making calls again, it's going to be the same thing you've seen this season. Slow start. They go going a little winning streak and just miss the playoffs. It's going to be the same exact old story. This next question comes from Napoleon. He says, should the Lakers make trades for a young project? The only young player, if I'm the Lakers, I'm trading for is Buddy Hill. That's it. I thought they should have traded for him before they traded for Westbrook. I would have, to me personally, I think Westbrook is the better player between the two. Don't get me wrong. But Buddy Hill, for me, my fit, my scheme with LeBron and AD, I would have traded for Buddy Hill before Russell Westbrook. I just would have. Buddy Hill is an absolute sniper and can shoot anywhere from the floor. You needed floor spacing. He's a really capable defender and plays hard on that end. You needed more defense. I don't see why exactly that trade was not made. But if it was up to me, if I was the Lakers, I'm calling Buddy Hill, I'm calling the Kings for him and letting him know I want him on my roster. Now, guys, that's it for all the questions I have today. I do believe so. But if you all could... Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Like and subscribe. Comment. Let me know what y'all think of the episodes. Let me know if y'all want to hear anything else me, else from me, excuse me, that you would like for me to speak on. And thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. I'll see y'all in the next one.